In this episode, get a chance to know the teaching team behind Mullins Courses for Chicago Youth in 6th to 12th grade. Go behind the scenes to learn how Ari Carafol and Jenny Nathan came together to collaborate to design, plan, and facilitate Metamorphosis of Clay. In the class, young artists learned basic glazing and wheel throwing techniques and created ceramic sculptures while enjoying the process of touching, changing, and manipulating clay. Enjoy the highlights of each artist's experience teaching at Mawin, how they feel about collaboration, and their love for art education. All right. Hey. So is it Nani or Janani? What do you like to go by? So my nickname is Nani, but my name is pronounced Janani. Janani. I feel like I've been saying your name wrong for years. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's fine. It's like the first assumption to say Janani because my nickname is Nani. <laughs> yes, that's so pretty. But we got to get it right. And Ari, thank you both for being here. I'm so excited to talk more with you and to learn more about your interests and your teaching practice. Yeah, thanks so much. Yeah, I'm excited to talk with both of you today, too. Awesome. How y'all feeling? Oh, I feel good. I was actually earlier today, I was teaching ceramics, but not with Marwin. I was teaching some adult ceramics all day. Mm. And it's like all day I've been thinking about how much I miss teaching kids because they're <laughs> like kind of boring. <laughs> or, okay, that's the wrong word. I just feel like it takes a very different approach to like pull creativity out of older students like mm. oh my god yeah yes I get that they're a little more close even you see that in high school so I, I get it yeah life has taken its toll I guess <laughs> <laughs> so. okay so let's get into you two I would love to know more about your background so you both are amazing artists and you work in Malwin in the cohort model that we just developed about a year ago during the pandemic. And I want to back up and go before you guys even came to Malwin. I know, Ari, you are relatively new to Malwin. Do you want to just talk about your experiences and how what led you to come to Malwin? Yeah, absolutely. So um, yeah, this is my first time ever working for Malwin. Before this, I'm a college student, so I'm in art school right now. And throughout like high school and part of college, I had done a bunch of work um, doing some like teaching assistant things um, and also some more like administrative jobs working at like art camps and art centers and really enjoyed that. I also was at one point a teaching assistant in actually an algebra class, which is like a weird that was a weird intro to me for teaching because it's so not aligned with like the the art that I get so much like purpose and have so much love for teaching. Um, but it did really solidify for me that independent of art, I really enjoyed teaching like as its own practice um, and as its own like set of like skills and learning. And then actually Nani initially, I, that that's how I found out about the, the Marwin teaching artist program in the first place. Um, and Nani really encouraged me to apply because I was a little bit hesitant at first, which I'm really glad that they did. I love that. So y'all knew each other before, it sounds like. How did you meet? I was Ari's teacher, which is wild to me because wow. I, I feel like our connections have, it's just been like 
evolving in different ways over the past few years too, uh, which is like really lovely. See, also, Ari, my teaching practice also begun as a math like a math assistant which I think oh is really so that's wild <laughs> and, and I remember I was like it was like a after school math program that was based on it was like teaching math math through the like an abacus you know those um mm-hmm. uh the the like structures with us like I forgot what they're called like little beads that you move across mm-hmm. the rod and I remember being like that's such a cool way to learn math and I like started teaching there for a couple of classes and I they like kind of softly softly let me go because they were like I think you're being too nice to the students and I was like what (laughs) (laughs) too nice (laughs) and I thought that was so funny and then yeah and then I was like you know what I'm just gonna go teach art that's kind of what I wanted to do anyway but but yeah I so I had also gone to the School of the Art Institute of Chicago where Ari is now and I studied art education there and like when I graduated I kind of flowed right into teaching at a high school in CPS where I was blessed with Ari's presence (laughs) as just someone who I would see really often around the art department um, and then someone who I had as a student in classes and also we were a part of a lot of like after school kind of clubs and committees together too. I feel like um, our paths crossed in a lot of different ways and even during the pandemics, uh, I think Ari had graduated right at the beginning of the pandemic, and he was one of my like pen pal buddies for a while. I feel like I was like always inspired by young people outside of just like making art in the classroom, and I know that like our emails to each other definitely inspired my art practice outside of that too. But I feel like that's the reason why we're friends now and that we work together really well now too yeah it's funny when I when I reflect on that I mean I only actually had you as a teacher for about half a year because Mm -hmm. then in the middle of my senior year COVID happened and I mean I mean there was teaching after that but I think every that was so much at the beginning of the pandemic when everyone was just kind of in like crisis mode and like no one had really sort of I don't know we were still all figuring out how to do online teaching and online learning right but it was so interesting because like we had this pen pal communication going and that time was also really just influential to my art because I did so much like slow art. Like I started weaving during the pandemic and I've, I've talked about this with Nani since then of like, I forgot now how much time that takes. And whenever <laughs> I try to do something now, I forget because I'm like, oh yeah, that took me three days in the pandemic and not remembering that I was just doing that like all day because no one was doing <laughs> anything because you like couldn't leave your house. But like, that was absolutely just like, and, and being able to communicate with Nani and sort of just having our, our like relationship and friendship, like transition really quickly during that time was really influential to me. Yeah, that entire year was intense because like earlier that year, yeah, you're right that the teaching part of it was such a small part of like our relationship with each other because like this strike happened that year too so so many things were like cutting into education in like 2019 to 2020 that like you'd think that that would that would like hurt relationships between teachers and students but actually I feel like I grew really close to a lot of young people that year because like during the strike like I know you came to multiple mornings at the picket line and like later would join us at the rallies like downtown also and I think that was super rare like at Whitney Young at least there were a lot of staff there but maybe like 
three young people would be there and like it was really hard to understand what was going on during the strike and so I was like really thankful to that but yeah I don't know I I think it was like a special time for like us to get to know each other too because it was through a lot of rough stuff yeah 2019 was a beast and getting into 2020 we all kind of you know we're dealing with the pandemic but I think the strongest relationships with teaching, like teaching partners always come when you trust the person and kind of know the person. And it sounds like you both have that. And Nani, I know that you have worked in Lawin even before the pandemic kind of hit. So I would love to, for you to talk me through kind of how that process was for you to go from being a teaching artist at Malwin before the pandemic to being a teaching artist after the, or I should say during, because we're still in the pandemic and teaching with Ari in this partnership. What was that like for you? Ooh, it's been so, it like, it's been so transformative every time I've worked with Marwin because I think it was at first maybe like one session a year that I would be at Marwin and it would be like my favorite part of the entire year. Oh. Um, <laughs> it like really truly I came into Marwin having also been like recommended by a previous teaching artist from a different art center where I was like I was so in awe of that art center and the teacher I was working with was like, mm, you shouldn't be in awe with this art center, but you should be in awe with Marwin. So <laughs> maybe you should go apply there. And I think similarly to Ari, like I was really nervous about applying because even straight from the application itself, I was like, oh, like Marwin clearly really cares about teaching artists and curriculum and their students in a way that I don't really see with other art centers definitely not in CPS and so I was I think I was like downplaying my own experience at that time I was like teaching with CPS already but I was like I'm gonna apply as a studio facilitator like the assistant position because I was like I don't know if I'm like good enough for this and um, I'm really glad I did I think like at that time the assistant and teaching artist relationship was a little bit different than it is now or very yeah. different, but it still felt like there was an emphasis on collaboration, just not to the extent that it totally. is right now. And so that was really special, like just being able to observe um, everything that was happening with a little bit of distance, because something I've talked um, about with Ari is that I tend to get into like tunnel vision when I'm teaching, like I have my sights set on what we're supposed to be doing or the person who I'm talking to. And I like cannot see out of that until I'm through with it. And as a studio facilitator, I was able to just like sit back and take it in. And that helped me, I think, just like slow down in general. And I'm really excited about the direction that teaching practices within Marwin are going right now, because I didn't like, I didn't even realize that the partnership could get even stronger and so seeing how like the meta and TA partnership and collaboration is kind of evolving with the cohorts is is really exciting I think it's going to be I think it's going to be really like important in even like the Chicago history of art education yeah I think that it's really important to build these partnerships for um teaching for teachers and to have that space in the classroom where you feel like you have someone who kind of you can lean on but also learn and grow from and I think that's what's really beautiful about our model right now with the meta and the TA is that you're co-teaching and but you're also really learning so much from each other 
different styles and different practices. And I think that's really beautiful. And I love that we're nurturing that now more than ever because collaboration has always been a value at Malwin. But I think that we're leaning into that even more because I think one of the things we learned from the pandemic is that we really have to support each other to get through this. You know, there was so much loneliness and isolation that people were feeling. And I think that having that community around you is super important. So I see that in your partnership. I think that's really beautiful. So going on to your teaching practice, I would love to know how you were able to kind of translate your art practice into a course. So what was your process to kind of think of an idea for a class? How did you um, decide on like what lessons to develop using your art practices? We'd really love to learn more about what your process looked like. Okay, so I thought this was really, this is like a really funny way that the way that our like curriculum fell together just like made a lot of sense for I think both Ari and I as artists and as teachers, because I think it was proposed to us that we do a ceramics class. And I was really excited about that. And looking back, I think it's funny how excited I was about that, because Ari and I both like, don't like I don't think ceramics is either of our main practices <laughs> or even like our strongest suits but in my mind I was like oh like this is gonna be amazing like it's gonna be so fun and it is so fun but I think the reason it's so fun is because like both of us approach art making with a very like with the intent to like understand how um, it can transform our own concepts in our artwork like I've seen that with Ari across several years like every art form that he learns I feel like dictates a little bit about what he's making art about um, which is really inspiring to me and I think that's that's definitely impacted the way that I approach learning new art practice too do you feel that way too Ari? Yeah no it's so funny I the way that I've the way that I've always considered sort of the way that I make art is that I have sort of ideas and things that I'm sort of working through and want to make art about. And then I tend to sort of pick whatever like media is conducive to that. And so like, as a result, I sort of like have hands in a lot of buckets, which is why like I have done ceramics and I do ceramics right now as part of my art practice, but like, it definitely is not the thing that I would consider myself like best at. But I think for me, that was sort of very like freeing in some ways to sort of teach to like know that I was going to be teaching a class in a thing that I like was never going to be like the most like technically proficient at and to me sort of really I don't know made me consider like what like when I'm working with ceramics like why do I continue working with it even though I'm not the best at it right and like what does it bring to me and like why do I work in ceramics when I could do something in a medium that I am like potentially more stronger with or know more about right or have more experience with and I think even taking that approach has really helped me understand, um, like as I've been teaching and working with students that don't have as much experience with ceramics, right? Like instead of coming from the perspective of like, I'm gonna teach you how to like make this do what you want, like make the clay do what you want it to do, um, which is where I find, I think I get very frustrated. Then like sort of more asking the question of like, what can you get from this material, yeah. right? Right, like understanding that clay takes a lot of time and patience and like attention in every step of how clay turns from like clay to stone to like a glazed stoneware. And I think that was like that process and understanding 
what clay is and what it needs from you was like a big part of how we decided on our curriculum, which is a lot of experimentation and thinking about like the idea of metamorphosis, both as a concept and as like how it applies to ceramics as a medium too. I think that was, it was really like fun to think of that because it just felt really natural. Like if I'm going to start a big ceramics project, I think our prompt of metamorphosis and working with the slowness of clay and working with how like clay dries out and like reacts to your hands that is like how I would make art with clay so I was like oh this feels good like it just feels like it makes sense for us and for Marwin too. And there's so much like flexibility and playfulness with clay in particular. I, I've been comparing a lot because the two, um, this semester in school, um, sort of the two like technical media that I've been working the most with are ceramics and printmaking. And printmaking and especially things like screen printing are like incredibly technical processes where like there are steps and you have to get the steps right um, and sort of like do this very like choreographed dance. Um, and you know, you still have misprints and there is still room for playfulness and things like that. But I think compared to my relationship with ceramics, I've realized that like, I don't know, as like as a practice, I think ceramics offers so much room for just like, for genuine like flexibility and play in a way that I find really exciting that sort of like as the piece sort of goes through its various changes and iterations and stages I think there's also room at each of those turns to like make changes even to your concept and sort of like you get to make sort of all of these decisions and like each one in terms of like how you shape the piece and how you glaze it and like how you choose to mark the surface all like can take it in completely new directions and so there's just like at every step there's so much potential. Yeah, I totally, agree. <clears throat> I totally agree. And I feel like that's one of the reasons why ceramics is so popular at Malwin because of that freedom and flexibility to mess up and to try again and to experiment. And it's really interesting that you said that even in your practice that some of the pressure to be proficient was taken off because this is like something you do already, but you're not the best at whatever that means. But I think you're amazing at what you're doing and the way that you're able to kind of apply those skills into this medium, I think is a great way to model to young people that like, you don't have to be the best at something. If you enjoy doing it, do it. And if you, if you want to use a little piece of this to, incorporate into something else then do that it doesn't have to be the main thing so I think that's really beautiful and insightful Ari thank you yes so now I would love to learn more about what it is like in the studio so we are back from the pandemic or I should I don't know why I keep saying that we're not back from anything we're living in it but we are back in the building after being away for over a year and a half and I would love to talk more about your experience co-teaching in the studio at Mullen. So there's always beautiful moments and challenging moments with teaching, right? It's, it's kind of like, a, it takes so much of you, I think. And I would love to learn more about what are some insights you've learned from working with young people and maybe what are some challenges that have come up? I was I was so excited to come back in person because it's been it had been like a year and a half of all virtual teaching in CPS and with Marwin over the summer and I think I 
I don't know. I, I've always been throughout the pandemic really thankful to be teaching and have a job <laughs> throughout the pandemic. But it was just, it was just like, it was really, it was energy draining in a very different way than teaching in person is energy draining, where like at the end of the day, I sometimes felt like I wasn't sure if I did anything. Like I wasn't sure if I made any connections and I wasn't sure if if what I was doing was making any sort of impact at all, or if it was just like me going through the routine of what people expected, even though we're in the middle of a pandemic. (laughs) Um, And I tried to like reiterate that to my students throughout the year too, of being like, I know that this like Google Meet art class is not the most important thing in your life right now. But if it is, like, if it is helpful in any way, any way at all, like, I hope that I can be here to facilitate that for you. And, like, I think, yeah, I think that was, it was just really tough. And I don't think I have perfected the art of virtually teaching at all, um, virtually teaching during a pandemic at all. But I was really excited to be back in person just to, like, just to see people interacting with each other again. I think that I didn't realize how how big of an impact that made on like my energy and my understanding of education when I was teaching. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, It just, it felt, it felt so fulfilling when I got to see it again at Marwin this session. I think it, it, it was really nerve wracking to come into the classroom again and be around people again because of like health reasons, but also just because I hadn't done it in so long. Like I felt like it was the very first day of school and very first day of teaching like all over again. But, but yeah, it was really lovely. I think one of like the most beautiful parts about um, being back in the classroom has been, um, I think also because of the nature of play has been just like seeing people gain inspiration from one another in a way that doesn't feel competitive. Like, I think that is so cool to see young people like, getting an idea and making something and then another person sitting next to them kind of like struggling with coming up with an idea but then just like like I'll turn back around and they'll have like a half finished project in front of them that was inspired by the person sitting next to them and like there are there are kind of like pockets of student groups in our classroom right now and I feel like they've kind of gravitated towards each other in um, finding like what they need from the people around them during a pandemic right now. Like there's kind of a group of young people who are, who seem like they really just want to talk (laughs) and just want to like hear someone else and hear about like things that they're excited about that week and uh, talk about like shows that they're watching. And that group is also like, there was one week when they came in and they were like, okay, like we're all going to make food items. And they like all just like made uh, little clay objects that were kind of related to foods together. And I was like, that's very cute. That's like a little collaborative project that you just did. And there's like another table that's much quieter, but like, we'll just have like really gentle, like quieter conversations with one another. It's not like they're completely silent or that they feel like they can't talk to each other, which I think is, really nice like I was imagining if I was a young person walking to the classroom I was like I wonder which table I would sit at and what I would need from the people around me and Ari I don't know if you noticed this but over the past few weeks something that's been really sweet is that there are a couple of young people who switch in between those two tables and that was when it really clicked for me I was like oh they're not just like falling into clicks like they understand that this like social distinction has been made and they kind of like make the call for what they need on their own. Um, And yeah, I think that's been, that's been really beautiful. 
I think I have to think a little bit more about what's been challenging but yeah that's something that's been like a highlight for me yeah and even with that I would also add just this maybe goes into the details of how the studio itself is set up but there's also like there's two table there's three tables and they're all kind of in a row and I've also noticed students sometimes gravitating towards the middle table which is typically where Nani and I are which is a very much like it's sort of an in-between between those two sets of like conversations and like what people need and it's just it is really nice to see people sort of knowing how to get what they need from a space because definitely there are days when you like just kind of want to like work and be quiet and just have sort of like gentle side talk. And then there are days where you're like, oh no, I really want to hear like, you know, you really want to be engaged or like do a group project and, and that sort of thing. It's so funny. I've been, I've been thinking a lot recently because I'm in a few months, I'm going to have to um, apply to SAIC's uh, art education program uh, to like officially start that part of my degree. And so I've been doing a lot of considerations of like, what motivates me in teaching and like what age groups I like working with specifically and, and that sort of thing. And I realized that like, I, it's so healthy for me and it's so healthy for like me and my art and my mental health to like be around like young people. And I really love high schoolers and like that age group specifically because of how different they are from adults and from college students. And I know, Nani, you were talking about this a little bit at the beginning. And it's odd because I'm only a few years out of high school, but like the difference is already so stark that like, I feel like once people like turn 18, they sort of, I don't know. And especially when they're like in the like explicitly art setting, like an art academic setting, there's a lot, I don't know, there's a lot more expectation to like know what you're about in a certain way and like have sort of a set, like this is my artist statement and I make work about these things and I use these media and like, this is my like one page sheet that like tells you everything about who I am, which can be, I mean, I love connecting with people in those settings and it can also be sort of frustrating because I think people can also be sort of less open to like, to change or to flexibility in a certain way and are sort of less likely to do things that they're uncomfortable with because of the sort of also competitive nature of that place. And I've just felt so inspired by like being around high school students who are so willing to try things that they don't know how to do um, and to try things that they're potentially uncomfortable with or that, you know, to sort of to work in ways that are much more flexible and to sort of not like have this this like one paragraph summary of like who they are as a person, which, you know, is silly because none of us can be like summarized in a paragraph. But I love working with high schoolers that are just so like enthusiastic about being in that place of kind of like openness. And I just, I get a lot of energy from that. And I think it also sort of keeps me from sort of falling into that rigidity of sort of like a having to follow a specific path and be like also again with the idea of like having to do things because I'm like good at them. Right. Or, or because it's like, because that's like the right, like in quotes, like the right thing to do is like what I want to do. I don't know, in terms of challenges, I don't know, Nani, if you want to share, but I can definitely, I've noticed that, and I think this might also just be because of coming, not again, not out of the pandemic, but like transitioning into a different like mode of social interaction. I'm not sure if this was entirely present for me before, but like, I think I've absolutely gotten much more introverted, like over the course of the pandemic. And so coming into like teaching spaces, I know that it's really important for me to sort of like 
like flip a switch, not which, which makes it sound very fake, but just like make sure that like my enthusiasm and my energy is like, is very like turned on um, and is very sort of openly present because if I'm sort of like quietly excited about the class, like that just isn't, that isn't enough, right? Because that doesn't, like it is really important, I think as like a teacher in the space to like communicate like to students how excited you are and how grateful you are to like be sharing space with them for that time. And like, because they reflect that. And, and they definitely pick up like if you're not present and if you're not excited about what you're doing. And like, I think I just, I've learned over the last couple of months that that people are just much more exhausting for me than I maybe realized they were. And that sort of, again, sort of being that like engaged and sort of openly excited and, and enthusiastic and engaged, like just takes more conscious energy for me, which isn't, I don't think that's a, a negative thing, I, but it has definitely been a challenge and a thing that I've had to adapt to. No, that's, that's really true, Ari. And I don't think it's like, I don't think it's a matter of being fake either. I think that teaching is a little bit of a performance um, in, in a lot of ways, especially, especially at the beginning, like when you're meeting a new group of people. Um, and I think you're right, like the energy that you bring into the classroom is definitely reflected in how young people like respond to you and respond to the content. Even just like us being really excited about clay, I think makes young people excited about clay. Like if we were very rigid about it, I think that there would be a completely different atmosphere in the in the studio too. And I think that like, uh, when you were talking about that, it reminded me, I don't even know if this is something that was born from the pandemic. I feel like I was this way before too, um, but you might've seen it in the high school because during my like prep periods before we had classes, I treasured that silence so much. In I would like turn off the lights and put on a candle and like just like do my own thing for a little while and in the same way like I noticed that like need for a little bit of like a little bit of just time in my own head before young people came in because like I said before like when people are there like my energy is not in a negative way but definitely expended around to the people around me um in a way that I really enjoy but it definitely means that I need some time to recharge so like before class that's why I like I'm just like okay I'm just gonna keep the door closed for like until people are ready to come in or I'm just gonna like play some music and like let things plan out a little bit slowly before people start streaming inside because that transition from like alone time to having a room full of like a dozen young people is like really intense for me. It takes me like a couple of minutes to even get used to like making eye contact and, and like speaking to a large group of people instead of just speaking one-on-one. -on -one. It takes me a while. So much so that like when I first started teaching, I was like, I would keep like a script of things that I needed to say in front of me. And it was kind of like my little comfort object. Like I would just carry around my composition book because it had my script of all the things that I wanted to say that day. And yeah, I think that that's a little bit of my like introverted qualities <laughs> like seeping into the classroom too. Another big challenge that I was thinking about while you were speaking too is that I, I kind of miss seeing like a, one group of young people every single day. I think that I'm definitely glad to get a break from that as I've like stepped away from CPS, but it is such a specific way to interact with young people, like being able to see 
you know, like maybe they had a bad day one day, but then the next day they come in and like things have been getting a little better. And just seeing that transition is so beautiful, um, even like as minute as that is, but especially like across the entire year, seeing how like young people approach art on day one versus how they approach art like towards the end of the year, um, how they approach like coming up with their own ideas or how they approach leaning on me as like a facilitator in the classroom like that is so that is so rewarding it is so so cool and like I I miss that a lot I think one challenge for me this past session is like seeing how I can create that connection week to week so that it doesn't just feel like kind of a stopping point at the end of everyone's week um, no matter how beautiful that stopping point is like yeah I want to I want to get better at creating kind of like a yeah just a connection like a thread throughout the eight classes that we have together. I love hearing about your approaches to teaching and just like the real challenges that happens. I can listen to y'all talk all day. <laughs> I would love to talk to Ari all day. <laughs> <laughs> and I can also feel the love. Like y'all are comfortable with each other. I can feel it. I can feel like your energy together. It's really nice to feel. But I also want to give people out there an opportunity to get to know you and your art better. So if you guys want to share, you absolutely don't have to, but what are ways for people to connect with you and learn more about your work or see what you're up to? Oh yeah. Um, so I, what, where I do post art is my Instagram, which if there's like a description, that's probably better to put that in. My handle is uh, at fruit leather, but uh, without the E at the end of leather. So F-R-U-I-T-L-E-A-T-H-R. And I haven't posted anything that I've made this year yet. Uh, partially I've been doing a lot of performance uh, this year and none of it is like under a minute. And so I've been, I don't know, we're figuring out how to like get that into an Instagram format, but uh, you can see stuff that I made last year and hopefully I'll actually have like a lot of the ceramics I've been making this year to put on there soon. Yeah, I feel like I've been trying to figure out how to curate my online presence slash like portfolio also. It's like transformed a lot over the past couple of years because right now my Instagram used to be kind of my mini art portfolio but I think it's really concentrated on my tattoo work right now which in a lot of ways tattooing has been a really interesting parallel between like my commitment to art education in little ways but my Instagram is great underscore underscore gma I'll also give it to you to put in some kind of description um and my website which has been upgraded it used to just be my tumblr <laughs> but my website that I recently created is just jenanynothen.com um and I've been trying to update it it's it's weird because I think that um, I go through like phases of the kinds of art I like to make so right now it's mostly my tattoos and some ceramics but yeah I'll, I'll have to like update it more. Yes and you can also find them in Malwin of course because they'll be teaching hopefully again in the spring <laughs> together or with another teaching artist but you'll definitely see more about both of these amazing artists and teachers and educators and just overall badasses. <laughs> and I just want to thank you both for being on the podcast and just sharing your story. Thank you so much, Victoria. Thank you, Ari. Yes, thank you so much. <laughs> it's so nice to talk to you. See you soon. Bye. 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 
In the Studio with Teaching Artists podcast gives an insider's look into Malwin's community. The podcast highlights Malwin's core values and commitment to creative youth development. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Malwin Arts to share your favorite part of the episode. Also, exciting news! Online registration will be open January 26th through February 2nd for Malwin Spring Term. Whether you like to doodle during class, take photos on your phone, alter your clothes, or you already have experience in creating different types of art, Malwin has something for you. Malwin's no-cost programs exist for young artists in Chicago in 6th through 12th grade who want to explore visual arts and discover new pathways. To learn more, go to www.malwin.org.